And if we're going to be a Holy Ghost church, then the people of this Holy Ghost church need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to know the voice of God. You need to know how to make decisions in your life. You and I make decisions every day. The advantage that you and I should have is that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. So I just want to talk to you just real quick about some things. And I'm going to start in some interesting places. So those of you who have been with me for a really long time, don't throw anything. Just listen to me first. Just a minute. Judges chapter 6. Judges. Yeah, we're going to, talk, we're going to start in Judges chapter 6. Because I want to help some newer people in the room today. Maybe, uh, like me, I didn't grow up in a church like this. And I didn't know much about God. I knew Noah had a boat. And that's about it. And I knew God was mad at me. But he really wasn't mad at me, and Noah really did have a boat. They went to the fake one the other day um, up in Kentucky. All right, so, but uh, anyway, so Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Y'all believing with me this morning? Yeah. We're going to have a good door of utterance, and the Lord's going to bless you. It says, and Gideon said unto God, if you will save Israel by my hand. Remember, the Lord came to Gideon. Uh, remember, he said, I'm the least, and I'm the mess, and I don't know how you're going to use me. Behold, uh, verse 37, Gideon said, um, behold, I'm going to put a fleece of wool on the floor, and it will be dew on the fleece only, and it will be dry upon all the earth besides, and I'll know. So, what's he, so we're starting out. Have anybody ever heard in this room about a fleece? Okay, so a fleece is, this is Gideon doing this because the Lord told him something to do, and Gideon wasn't sure about it, and so he wanted to be sure about it. So he put a fleece out, and he said, Lord, if it's this, then I'll know. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morning and thrust the fleece together and wringed out the dew. So everything else was dry, but the fleece, the wool, um, had dew in it. And it, it, it was a whole full bowl of water. And Gideon said, Lord, let not your anger uh, against me. Okay, you did it once, but can we do it again? And I'll speak once more. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it uh, now be dry upon the fleece, upon the ground, let there be dew. And God did it that night, for it was dry in the fleece only, and there was dew all around. All right, now turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Um, so remember uh, uh, one of the apostles named Judas? He was no more. And so they had to get another one. And so in verse 20, it's written in the book of Psalm, let the habitation of the desolate and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore, of these men, which have accompanied uh, with us all this time with the Lord, Jesus went, that Jesus went. So let's look for men that have always been with us since Jesus was walking and everybody was hanging out. Because there was more than just the 12. There was a group. Jesus had a posse. Jesus had a group. Jesus had a club. Jesus had a, a bunch of people hanging with him. All right? And, and beginning from, so this is the point. They have to have been with us. So there's a mark since John the Baptist. And the same day was taken from us and, and was with us the whole time until Jesus was taken up. And he must be ordained uh, to be a witness. of the. So he was a witness of the resurrection. And they appointed two, so only two qualified. Joseph called Barsabbas and surnamed Justice and Matthias. And, and they prayed and said, Lord... Uh, you know the heart of all men. Show us whether these two men you have chosen, that you may take part in the ministry. Now, everybody say with me. And apostleship with Judas uh, by transgression. Some of you are way ahead. That he may go to his own place. And he said, and they cast forth what? Lots. Now, a lot of spirit-filled people scratch their head and say, why didn't they just wait? And yet, this is the way they did it. Now, in the old covenant, God did not live in people. 
God spoke in various and sundry ways. Uh, one of the ways that everybody knows uh, is the fleece. Lord, I'm going to do this in the natural, and then you do it. We would put it over in the modern times is I'm going for, I always use this one. I'll get a new one one day. Uh, I'm going on a job interview, and if the person, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to meet this lady, and she's going to interview me, and if she's got a red dress on, then I'm going to know that that's my job. Well, what you don't know is all that she wears is red because that's all she looks good in. And it's going to be the worst job you ever had because you just got fleeced. The old covenant is, we don't, how many know the old covenant is to be respected? God has not changed. We live in a new and better covenant and some things have changed. This way is now God lives in you. The Holy Ghost, Jesus said, I got to go away. Because if I go, the comforter will come. So a fleece was right and appropriate for, uh, you know, that time. And especially with the bigness of what was going on. And the guy felt so inadequate that he put out the fleece. The Lord didn't argue with him. The Lord did it to show him, I got you, Gideon. And the lots, there is no, they cast a lot. Now, a lot is not taken like playing Yahtzee and having a bunch of dice. A lot is normally they would take how many are people they're choosing. And a lot of times, and there's, I think, 88 accounts in the Old Testament of them uh, choosing by lots. So it was acceptable. Why? Because God didn't live in them. And this is, this is the New Testament. So what does this have to do with me? What has everything to do with you? Just hang with me. But see, what happens is, so, you know, we'll just do it this way. Uh, There's uh, 12 pink stones and one purple stone, and whoever got the purple stone, you're it. So that's a lot. It's not like rolling dice, but there was a a particular thing there, and it was solved that way. But listen, so we don't do that anymore. But if you're trying to, now we're born again. Are you born again? Where does God live? He lives on the inside of you. And there are so many ways that God can speak to you. But I just want to make sure because you've got decisions to make every day. And you're living in the last days. And every decision you make, not just for you, but your family. If you're married, if you have children, if you're a grandparent, at your job, if you go to a public school, if you, go, if you leave your home, and obviously you do, you need to know the Holy Ghost. And you need to be sure. You do not have to live your life guessing. You don't. John 16, 13 said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Has he come? He will guide you into all truth. That speaks of the word of God. He'll not speak of himself. But he will show you, declare, disclose, and transmit, amplified classic, things that are to come. Remember, we've been talking, we've talked about praying in the Holy Ghost that you can pray out mysteries. God wants to be with you as you make decisions in your life. But you've got to know how to make them new covenant, how God is working. You see, if I'm trying to do it the old way, then I'm could be I could get in trouble. Now, how many of you know God is merciful? Oh, he's because you say, Well, Pastor, I said out I, I put out a fleece one time and it worked. Well, good for you. 
but I'm not sure that that's the highest and the best because um, it's old covenant. Well, you know, I just went by chance and I said, Lord, you just take care of it. Well, yes, the Lord does take care of things, but, it, but you cannot leave decisions up to God that he's left up to you. I mean, you know, you got you to decide to be born again. It's a choice. Right? Because it's not the will of God that any should perish. How I many know oh, God doesn't send people to hell? It's a choice. You're either going to believe in Jesus or you're not. You're either going to receive him or you're not. Life is all about choices. I know this doesn't, it, it's, it's in a different context, but it talks about uh, many people are in the valley of decision. Really, it's an old, uh, it's a place for the, you know, uh, but I like, I like that. I like, and we got to decide some things. But how are you going to decide? Are you going to put, well, I don't, I don't put out fleeces, but do you do this? Lord, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Friends, that's a fleece. We don't call it that anymore, but that's what it is. If you'll do something the natural where I can see, then I'll know it's you. Now, he's amazing, and you might get by with that, but that's really not... <laughs> That, that, that's really not how we're supposed to live. I'm going to take a chance. Lord, if that's, you know, if that's really you, then, then I'm going to trust that you're going to do it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to say, okay, Sarah, Sarah, and just whatever will be. And so a lot of people live that way. And they live with, well, I believe, they'll say things like this. Don't get anybody mad at me. But they'll say, well, you know, especially when people come in second place instead of first. I just believe Everything is for a reason. You're never going to. Yes, it's for a reason. Sometimes because you didn't choose right. Sometimes because you didn't practice enough. Sometimes it's because they're better than you. That's the reason. It wasn't that God had some cosmic plan for you to come in second place. Well, I just believe God's in charge of everything. Is he really? Did you, did you go by Starbucks or Dunkin's or McDonald's? No, you have choices. Because, see, if God is in charge of everything, then he's in charge of everything. And so that helps people understand, listen, all the nasty, bad stuff that's going on around here, it's not from God. Because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. It's the devil who steals, kills, and destroys. But so what does that have to do with your decision? Well, you've got to make sure you're not leaving up to God what he's left up to you. So you're going to have to decide some things. But the great thing is he wants to show you. And it's not by a fleece. It's not by looking for something outward to prove that you're right. That is dangerous. You know, um, Lord, if you really want me to do that, make a rainbow appear. And and if, if if there's no rainbow today, then I'll know you're not in it. Well, no. No. Don't get quiet. Don't get too quiet on me. Well, I believe he's done that for me before. It's just not the God's highest and best way. Do you want to know God's highest and best way? There are so many ways that God can talk to you. So let's pull over into the new covenant. I thank God that he can give you a dream. Dreams are great. But but I'm just going to breeze over some of this stuff, okay? Dreams are good. But if you need someone to interpret your dream, you keep your dream to yourself because it was probably pepperoni. If you have a dream and you don't know what it means, there are no dream interpreters today. Again, Old Covenant. 
I cannot tell you how many times people have come to me and shared their dream with me and want me to interpret it because I can interpret, because I can interpret tongues. I interpret tongues, not dreams. If you need someone to interpret it, you need to hold it, and you need to understand that if I don't understand it, it's probably not God. It's going to be clear. And really, what the, the Lord is, again, his dreams are in his mercy is because, oh, don't get mad at me, but it's probably because you weren't listening during the day that he's so kind that he, okay, they're knocked out. Let's, let's let them know this is coming. Are you Okay. Thank God in our circles, you know, uh, prophecy is real. And God can use people to minister to you. But you do not live your life by a prophet or prophecy. Yes, the Bible says if you get one, you war a good warfare with it. That means if you get a prophecy, you probably, life is going to get a little harder because you're going to have to war. It's going to be a little tougher. So I don't jump up and down when someone gives me a word from the Lord. Because that means it's about to get tougher and I need something. Praise the Lord. I don't despise them. I welcome some, I like the ones like, bless you, my son. You're doing great. Hallelujah. <laughs> and a lot of times the Lord will give you those when you think he ought to tell you, you need to straighten up. I don't like you no more. And usually he'll, he'll, he'll encourage. He's encouraging. Aren't you grateful for that? So prophecies are great, but you shouldn't seek one out. In our circles, you know, we, you have to be careful with tongue-talking people. People are full of the Holy Ghost. They, they, so again, what is that? I want something tangible. I need something in this realm so I know what to do. But that's not God's highest and best. Amen? So everybody say, I'm not going to get fleeced. I'm not going to cast a lot. I'm not going to live by prophecies. But how am I going to live then? I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. Again, most of you who have been here a long time, you're going to know these. But it's really important. If we're going to be a Holy Ghost church, then the people of this church need to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Not just in their personal lives, but then when we gather together. Why is this so important? Because when we gather together, we need to be sensitive to one another's needs and be led by the Spirit of God. Because if someone needs something, you don't have to wait on the pastoral staff to, to minister. We all got four crazy friends. We all got somebody, but we're sensitive to other people's needs. We're sensitive what other people need. We're sensitive when we're out and about. Uh, it's not just about us. It's about other people. So it says, for many are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Are you a child of God, then it is a promise to you to be led by the Spirit of God. John chapter 10, verses 3 through 4, Jesus himself said this in John chapter 10, to him the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. So what do we do? We're not talking about voices out here, although God can speak loudly out here, but it's more of the voice on the inside and we're going to get to how he leads. But the Bible says the sheep hear his voice. When did you become a sheep? Come on, some of you have been here too long for not to know that. How, when did you become a sheep? The moment you got born again. When did you become a sheep? So a lot of times people will tell you, tell you when someone who gets born again. Now, you know, you need to be careful. God's not going to start talking to you right away. You're going to have to hang out for a long time. That's not what Scripture teaches. The Bible says as soon as you become a sheep and go, bah, I mean, as soon as you get born again, you are what? You are a child of God. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. And you hear his voice. Confidence comes by faith, comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's not by practice. It's by faith. 
So people telling people, you just need to stick around for a long time, hang out and watch us watch it. No, what we need to get them is the Word of God. The Word of God says the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Aren't you glad he knows your name? And he does what? He leads them. He leads them. When does he lead them? Morning, noon, and night. He leads you on Monday. He didn't just lead you to come to church. He doesn't just lead you within the church. He leads you at your job. He leads you while you take your children to school. He leads you whether you should go to Walmart. They got it on sale or they don't even have it anymore. You got to be really glad about that. I mean, why waste time? Hallelujah. Verse 4. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Everybody say, I know his voice. See, the Bible didn't say learn his voice. The Bible says you know his voice. If you're born again, you know the voice of God. But most people are taught you don't know it. You got to learn it. But you know it. Come on, believe that you know it. I know it. How do I know it? He said so. Verse 5. And a stranger, I like this one. How many know the, the Bible says there's many voices in the world? None without signification. There are many voices who even try to talk for God. You need to understand which ones are really not talking for God. Where do you know that? In here. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee for him because the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It just bears repetition because it's easy. Uh, Pastor Rhonda, like I said, she's over next step. But we call her Susie Safety. Anytime I'm in trouble, um, I, I just, you know... If, when we go to a restaurant, she always knows where the exit is. She's the one that actually listens to the, the stuff on the airplane. Like every the time they're done because I'm not listening. Um, she'll say the door, the closest door is behind us. Like, yes, dear. And, um, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. So when we go to a hotel, she knows the way of escape and all that kind of stuff. I don't. And so, um, but... The truth of the matter is, um, when I've gotten in trouble before, um, one of the first things, I, I tell this story when I was in Chile at that big earthquake, when I was shaking from side to side and bouncing up and down, I thought, what would Rhonda do? <laughs> Not what would Jesus do. I thought, what would Rhonda do? And all her words and the little flashlight that I always say, that's just stupid, that she makes me carry. Um, I was grateful that it was right there. <laughs> Help me not walk on glass. Um, it was, so, but my point is that if we were all in a place and you were all screaming, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, come this way, follow me. And I heard, my, I know my wife's voice. I can tell it above y'all and I love y'all, but I ain't following you. I'm going to follow her because I know she knows where she's going and I trust her. Why? I know her voice. You've got to get that way with God. There's lots of voices, lots of opinions. Even in the church, lots of people talking different things now. Well, this is no longer a deal. We've got to adapt to the new culture. Lots of people who I thought would never be adapting are adapting. But listen, I can't be mad at them. I'm just not going to follow it. You got to know. Stay with the good shepherd. The other shepherds can get messed up, but the good shepherd will never mess up. And you know his voice. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Why? He guides me. He leads me to still waters and green pastures. He leads you. Amen? 
John 10, 27, just real quick, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, they know, and I know them, and they follow me. Everybody say, I hear his voice. John 18, 37, the last part of that verse, John 18, 37, just every one of that, this is the very last line, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Say, I'm of the truth, and I hear his voice. I'm of the truth, and I hear his voice. So where do I hear it? Am I asking you to, Lord, please let me hear your voice? Well, there is something where God can speak very loud. But um, I want to get to the inner. And, but I'll, I'll just give you examples in my own life. I've had very few dreams in my life. Um, I had a dream um, uh, many years ago about this season of the year. Um, my mom and dad weren't even moved here. I had a dream. Uh, I saw my sister in a casket. And I remember popping up out of bed. I do this sometimes, not as much as I used to. Uh, a lot of times I pray myself to sleep, praying in other tongues or just praying. And so my spirit's real sensitive. And um, I have woken my wife up a few times. But this time I popped straight up and I, and I commanded the spirit of death to go. And I, I commanded that she would live and not die. At the same time, uh, the next day my mom's up in Illinois hunting mushrooms. You all know what hunting mushrooms is. Morel mushrooms. If you've never had one, I feel sorry for you. Um, I've got some coming. Hallelujah. It's that season. Um, but she was out there and a spirit of prayer fell on her while she was hunting mushrooms. And she saw some things. Well, the next day my sister was traveling to Dallas from Tulsa. And a semi came and about knocked her. The police officer said she didn't know how she lived. I know how she lived. Well, so the Lord can do that. So I'm not saying he won't. He can. Uh, when I was backslidden, I was working in Indianapolis, Indiana as an accountant at Worcester Memorial Hospital. When I was young, I played uh, slow pitch softball. My church league, I was the pitcher, and we were the city champs. And I had a good backspin on my slow pitch, and I still had it. And so when I went to work, I was backslidden, and they had a, a, soft, a men's softball team, you know, and if you've ever played men's softball, it's a little different than other softball because there's a lot of extracurricular activity that goes on with that. And so I was trying to fit in with the buddies, trying to make some friends, and um, I, I, um, I was really good, but, and during practice I was really good, but during the game, if you've never played slow pitch, I didn't, some of you heard this story before, but somebody needs to hear it, um, I supernaturally walked five people in a row. You just can't do that in slow pitch. If you never played, you just can't do that. It's just impossible. And um, it's just the weirdest thing. And uh, so I was so mad. I got and uh, I went and got my brand new Pontiac J2000 that I couldn't pay for because I just went crazy. You know, I got out of college. I'm an accountant. And they didn't tell me that those credit cards, you had to pay them back. So, I mean, I had new clothes, new furniture, brand new car. I had everything. This is a little farm boy who finally got some, he finally got some plastic, and I went nuts. But I, could, I was in a mess, and I remember I was so upset. I just remember crying out to heaven, and I'm like, God, I know you're real. And then I heard this voice, heaven and earth will pass away, but I am eternal life. It scared the crud right out of me. I just talked to my friend last Sunday. His name is Greg. He's the only person I knew that knew God. So I called him and told him what happened. I, I said, what should I do, Greg? And he said, you should pray. I didn't. But I'm here, right? So eventually it got here. So God can do stuff like that. 
But those are rare things. How does God talk to you today? Well, Romans 8, 16, we looked at Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 16 says this. The Spirit himself, is a better translation, bears witness, witness, bears witness with our spirit that we are children. Witness. How many of you know you're born again? How do you know? Well, the Bible says you're, you're good to the brethren, you love the brethren. But there's just a knowing, right? That means if I came across somebody and I was asking them, are you going to heaven when you die? And they said, I don't know, or I hope so. Or they say something like, well, I hope I've done enough good. I hope my good outweighs my bad. What do I know? They're not born again. Because salvation is no-so. Where do you know-so? Well, it's not out here. It's in here. I know-so. Do you know-so? If you know-so, you're born again. First uh, John 5 and 10 says nearly the same thing. He that believes on the Son of God has a witness. Everybody say, I have a witness. Where is that witness? It's in himself. And where is that? That's in your spirit. It's in your cardia. It's in the center of you. It's the real you. He that believes on the, uh, uh, not on God has made him a liar because he believes not on the record gave him the Son of God. But he believes has a witness. Everybody say, I have a witness. Even Jesus, Mark chapter 2, verse 8, and I don't have time to get into all of it because I could teach on this forever. But immediately when Jesus perceived. So witness, perception. What is perception? Jesus, he, he knew something not based on outward. To perceive means to know something not based on outward facts or circumstances. Even Jesus, the son of God, was led by the way I'm about to tell you that you're supposed to be led. He perceived. He knew. Now, in the world, some things happen. They call it women's intuition, and I don't know why just women get it. But that's not a safe guide. But if you're born again, this witness, this knowing is a very safe guide, and it's what you should be concentrating on. It's what, how God talks to you all day, every day, 24 hours a day. Prophecies come, they go. Dreams the Lord either gives you one or he doesn't. But this thing is a living, I'm alive unto God, I'm born again. And so I can know things, all, I can know the future, I can know things, I'm led by perception. Again, what is a perception? An inward knowing, that is God's highest and best way to lead you. That you are his sheep, you know his voice. You need to get confident on the inside of you. How many of you have ever done anything and after it was over and it went very bad, you went, I knew that. I knew I shouldn't have taken that road. The Lord is helpful. He'll do it. He'll, listen to me. People always say stuff like, oh, the Lord don't care where you park or he don't care if it takes you 10 minutes longer to get there. I beg to differ because those things that he used are small and insignificant. They have nothing to do with the greater outcome of your life, just convenience. But he'll use those things to train you. To train you. Don't go to Kroger today. They're not going to have it. Go to Publix. This, that, I can give you story after story, account after account. What is God doing? Training, because I'm allowing him to train me, because there's some big things in my life. There's some big things in your life. Listen, the day and the hour we live in is very dangerous. You did, you did know that, right? Why? Because the devil knows his time is short. And I'm sorry to tell you, it's not going to get better. 
for the world, it'll get worse. For you and I, it can get better if we will learn, if we will know his voice and work with the perception. Now, I know I've taught some of you this over and over again because this is one of the big things of my life that I am grateful for. And I don't believe that I have attained. I need more faith because I want to follow him better. He can keep you out of all kind of mess. I said he can keep you out of all kind of mess. The biggest, best example is in Acts chapter 27. Doppel, you can go ahead and come. You start playing. I'll, I'll, uh, I won't be here all day. Hallelujah. Thanks for waiting just a minute. Acts 27. So the Apostle Paul was a prisoner. So he had to go where his guard took him. He, he's a prisoner. He didn't have a choice. Do you all remember that? Okay. And so he's getting ready to get on a boat. Right? Acts 27.10. And he said to them, sirs, I perceive. That's the same word. When Jesus perceived, they were going to try to make him king. And that was out of his time. So Jesus slipped away. This, what is a perception? It's an inward knowing. Come on, it'll work for your, the Lord will talk to you about business. The Lord will talk to you about work. He'll he'll, he'll put you in the right place at the right time. He perceived, not based on outward circumstances, that this voyage would be with hurt and much damage. In other words, the ship is going to be a wreck and we could lose our lives. Verse 11. It says, nevertheless, the centurion, Acts 27, 11, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master or the owner, King James, more than those that were spoken by. So in other words, the centurion who was in charge of Paul, because Paul said, I believe this is going to be a, a, a ship. We're going to lose our lives. It's going to be dangerous. But the centurion didn't know Paul. He's just a prisoner who's a preacher, and I don't know you, and I don't trust you. So he asked very regularly, and this is what we would do, the owner of the ship, who is an expert, what do you think? And then verse 12, and because the haven was not, not commodious to winter, in other words, it wasn't convenient to stay there, and the more part, so everybody jumped in and said, it's good. If, we got to get to this place to winter. And then verse 13, and when the south wind blew softly, they're like, we got it. Listen to me. You cannot judge by everything is okay. It looks right. It feels right. Uh, It's going good. Well, I believe I'm going to sell my house. Well, it sells in one day for top dollar. That doesn't mean you were supposed to move. That just means the market's hot. You put up your house and it doesn't sell and the Lord told you to move. But it doesn't sell for two or three months. That doesn't mean you missed it. It just means... Um, that things aren't going cooking like they used to be. You can't judge based on what's going around here if you're in the will of God or out of the will of God. That means you're letting circumstances, and who's the God of circumstances? The devil. So I know some of you have never, you didn't hear this in church and growing up because God's in control of everything. He is sovereign. He is in control, but he's not in control of these things. These are decisions you have to make. And if you're looking for everything outward, you are going to miss some things in the last days. And you're going to put yourself and your family in harm's way and in trouble because you didn't take the time to have faith to know that you should be perceiving things. So, the south wind blew and everything looked good. So, I'm, I'm not moved 
Come on, you can't be moved by if everything's all right or everything's wrong. Remember when Jesus told the apostles, he said, go get in a ship and go to the other side. Do y'all remember that? And what happened? A storm came up. How many of you know Jesus told them to get in the ship and go to the other side? They were right in the middle of the will of God. So you can't judge where, where everything is okay by the storm. You can be right in the middle of the will of God and, and a big old storm comes up because the devil's trying to knock you out, but then you just rebuke that storm and keep right on moving. Amen. So you can't judge by everything I'm in the will of God by how everything is going on around me. Everybody good? So how many of you know then what happened? The storm came up. They're a mess. Paul goes down into the belly of the ship to pray. They, they need to thank God that there was somebody on that ship that knew how to hear from God. Remember, he went down, and he right in the middle of a big old storm, he's in the belly of that ship, and he's praying, spending time with the Lord. And the Lord came and spoke to him. And then, you know, you, you all been around me, but I can't ever let it pass up. I love this line because it's in the King James. It says, you should have hearkened unto me. What is that? I told you so. It's, never, it's not wrong to say, say it's never wrong. Sometimes it is wrong to say I told you so. But in this case, it was not wrong to say I told you so. What was he doing? Remember, I told you this was going to happen. What's he trying to do? He's trying to build confidence in Centurion that I know something that you don't know. I know someone that you don't know. And the Centurion just, I, I don't have time to look at it, but the Centurion then ended up believing Paul. Remember when the prisoners tried to escape? And what did Paul say? He said, if we let these people go, we're all going to die. And he's like, you grab a hold of all them people. And, and then the Lord can, and he did. Remember, he took a bad situation and turned it around for good. Because they ended up on that island. They had a healing revival. Everybody got healed. They got a brand new ship, and they went on their way. So, yeah, God can take a bad thing and turn it around for your good. But what was the whole point of that? Listen, listen to me. I've watched people do this. They're making bad decisions, uh, or they're making decisions because everything is not good. And they think, well, if we just, if we just change the scenery. Uh, we're, not, we're not getting along here in Madison, Alabama, so, so let's move to California where it's sunny, where we can get some sun. Or, or, or Arizona where it's hot. Maybe that will change some things. But just moving locations is not going to fix your problem. Just getting a brand new car is not going to fix your problem. Going to Belk and charging your credit card and you looking good today is not going to fix your problem. You can't fix it with outward things. You have to fix it by inward decisions. And those decisions come by the leading of the Holy Ghost. He can help you decide your way to victory by following him. Amen. Are you grateful for that? Amen.